When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Hello and welcome to Backchat. I'm Susie. This is our regular slot where Claire and I discuss the backstory. This week, we're talking about Norman Lamb, the personal and political, which is season one, episode one. So this week, you spoke to Norman Lamb, Susie, our first semi-famous contributor. Um, We leapt at the opportunity to interview Norman, didn't we? Because he has spoken quite candidly about stuff that's gone on in his life. And we wondered if his backstory had influenced his politics. Yeah, absolutely. Um, And he came out with this great line that, well, I have a feeling he might have said before. Um, Are you suggesting that a politician... (laughs) (laughs) Um, He said that his uh, personal has informed but not formed his policies. Yeah. Yeah, it seemed pretty true. I think the interest was already there, wasn't it? But clearly the experiences that he's had have, you know, have kind of given that depth of understanding maybe. Yeah, so Susie, were you surprised that um, Norman chose to talk about his sister's suicide? Yeah, I really was. Um, It caught me slightly on the back foot, I have to say, but I felt that he obviously had decided that it was something that he wanted to talk about um, and that there was value in, in opening up about something that's so personal to him and his family. And I was really interested in his comments around looking at what we know from from research and applying that evidence. Um, I thought that was a really strong message. And, and he certainly seems to be kind of pioneering that work and, and um, pushing forward that agenda. Yeah, that's, I, I was really pleased to hear that he was doing that because I recently met with two people who've lost relatives to suicide for an episode in season three. Yeah. And I think they'll be really pleased to hear about that as well. Um They've both got very different stories, but I think losing someone through suicide is just really complex. And so it's particularly hard loss. Um, And there's a real need for people to kind of get support from other people who... Yeah, people who have experienced that themselves. Yeah, absolutely. That comes across really clearly. Um, And it was really interesting to hear about Norman's son, Archie, um, and the similarity to Natasha from season one in that the intrusive thoughts, that fear that you'll do something like bad sort of thing yeah I thought it was fascinating that the experts said that it's it's almost those people who are least likely to do something bad who are most at risk that that those people that are sort of very empathic perhaps worry that they're going to hurt somebody yeah it's like an overblown empathy yeah absolutely Norman talked about it being an overblown conscience yeah yeah 
and actually yeah you can sort of see that in the characters that you know might have had this yeah completely yeah Yeah. I was reading I finished uh John Ronson's book about psychopaths recently um and the reason that I mention it is because in that one of the experts says that if you're reading the book and you're worrying that you have some of those psychopathic traits and that perhaps you are a psychopath then you're not basically were you worrying that you were a psychopath? yeah completely <laughs> <laughs> this is easy he thinks that she has every mental health I do. illness that we've on the program on the series and here. I also definitely have hypochondria um, <laughs> What is it when you've got mental hypochondria? I don't know. But we both I don't that. know, but there, yeah. there needs to be a word for that, definitely. The answer's on a postcard. Yeah. Um, no, <laughs> but there is a similarity there, isn't it? Isn't there? You know, that kind of, that worry that, um, again, it's that thing of seeing something that is a personal trait, um, recognising that trait in yourself, but actually, you know, with somebody like a psychopath or or, or other um disorders it's it's there in an exaggerated form isn't it I was also really interested in that there was obviously two sons and that awareness that the other sibling really has a place in all of this um it's kind of really important that one isn't overshadowed or pushed to one side isn't it have you ever seen that happen before I yeah there was an episode did you um listen to that episode of the untold you know the radio 4 one with yeah. stent and they did one on anorexia oh, it was yeah, an amazing program and i mean apart from apart from some of the other things that came out i remember here i think she had a brother didn't she and yep. just that sense of where's his place in the family and you yeah. know the impact of him seeing his sibling go through this but also the impact on the whole family and how that affected him so i think that's clearly something that we you know we kind of all need to be mindful of I think yeah definitely and so moving on to this confidence stuff because that was very interesting as well wasn't it definitely yeah I'm really Uh, I really liked your comment about how to replicate the confidence you get in private schools in the state system how can we do that yeah how can we do that oh my god I have absolutely no idea but I mean I, I yeah my sort of gut feeling is that part of it is just sort of actually intrinsic to the fact that you know as soon as you turn up at like a big impressive building and your parents are paid for you know a whole yeah. load of money for it yeah well, that gives you confidence like it's the first that go you matter more yeah perhaps. exactly yeah. your top five percent of the country yeah. your, you know your parents income is yeah it's it's really difficult and I think it's such a massive challenge because you know how many people are holding themselves back from from doing things because they think that it's not the sort of thing that's open to them I mean obviously there are there are lots of practical reasons why people have to hold themselves back but just that self-belief that confidence if we could I'd really like to know more about this yeah I think there's a school of life course on confidence isn't there Uh, which I would quite like to go on maybe you could come on it with me and we could find out more yeah definitely um, it would be like overconfident you know really overconfident yeah, yeah we could <laughs> well we <laughs> become those bizarre people that kind of stand in front of a mirror going i am a unique human being oh, and no. shouting it 10 times until you believe it uh, yeah i think maybe we're, we're missing that course <laughs> we've been talking about confidence quite a lot yeah. and um we've come up with some tips haven't we yeah we have yeah three only three only three yeah <laughs> don't um, get excited um So Susie, hit me with the first tip. Okay, tip number one is stop worrying about how you come across to everyone. Um, Easier said than done. (laughs) Yeah, it is easier said than done, but it's one of those things that you just do through constant practice. So when you're talking to someone and you start to think, 
what do they think of me? How do I look? How do I sound? Just move away from that and engage back in the conversation. And kind of bizarrely by doing that, you you maybe come across as being more confident. You come across in a better way because you're not distracted by worrying about how you're coming across. Yeah, I like that actually. It's just like really engaging in what you're thinking and saying and yeah. and then actually, yeah, it, it's just, it, it works without even particularly trying. So yeah. tip number two, um, we were talking about the imposter syndrome. Yeah. Um, maybe you can give us a quick a potted thing of what the imposter syndrome is. Absolutely. Okay, so my understanding is that it's that kind of belief that you're not really that good and you're going to be found out. And I think it's incredibly common, isn't it? Yeah. I mean I've read that apparently it's more common in um women in okay. British people as opposed to okay, Americans. That's interesting. So as a British that's woman kind of, yeah. we're like <laughs> we're completely yeah, that's it. We're yeah. basically basically it would be surprised if you haven't got imposter syndrome. Yeah. Um and yeah, apparently when you feel like it's coming on, if you name the sort of inner script, so like that thing that's coming into your head which is saying I'm not up to this. I'm not actually very good at this. Why, you know, why am I even here? Like that kind of thing. If you perhaps like name that as kind of like the judge or, okay, there's my perfectionist voice. And then have your sort of inner, like hopefully little voice that is confident, name that as your friend, as your, you know, as your inner person and encourage that voice a lot more than this kind of, you know, overriding voice, which is saying, you're crap. Okay. So we need to encourage the voices in our heads. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Having thought that they weren't such a good thing, it turns out, yeah, we're all over them. Name them yeah, and be their friends. Okay. <laughs> okay, the third tip is something that I think I heard from Emma Watson. Um, and it's really simple, but I really like it. And it's, if not me, then who? And if not now, then when? Yeah, And I think that kind of ties into that imposter syndrome. It's like if you suddenly think, oh, my God, I'm not good enough to be doing that, then that little saying just kind of reminds you that, well, if I'm not good enough, then who else is good enough? You know, other people yeah. aren't sort of magically better than you. Even though they um, might be projecting that. Like, yeah. It doesn't necessarily mean they are. Yeah. And I yeah. think it maybe leads you to sort of appraise your own skills a bit more realistically. Yeah, that's really true. Yeah. And actually... Uh, when we talked about it it was we thought about applying it to ourselves like yeah. back to this podcast and to the backstory like if not us then who um and um you know it, it's it's a good way of kind of just thinking because we've had times when we've had a bit of crisis of confidence yeah completely we? yeah yeah um I think um this isn't necessarily a tip but just an observation I think that um you know, one of the things that's really helped has been co-working. I would have given up on this a long time ago if I'd been doing it by myself. And I think that, you know, maybe that's just something to bear in mind that actually surrounding yourselves with people that give you confidence is, is a good, you know, if somebody's sapping yeah. your confidence, that's something to be aware of, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, and doing something in a two is always yeah. more yeah. confidence. Oh my God, it? definitely. So, so much. Okay, so what are the three things that we have learned about Norman Lamb? Well, um, the first thing that comes to mind is that he cycles in Norfolk. That's because it's flat. It's very, very flat. It's a good place to cycle. It's a great place to cycle. Yeah. Um, I think the second thing is we kind of went into this wondering whether his interest in mental health was as a result of his family experiences. And I think 
it isn't, is it? I mean, they've those experiences have, as he says, informed him, and I'm sure that they've given a greater depth to his understanding and and so on. But I think that interest and that commitment were there already. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And um, I'm sure, yeah, his empathy for other families that are going through things um, has only, you know, grown from yeah. what he's been through. But yeah, yeah. So the third thing is, it wasn't actually in the episode, but it was on the recording. Um, uh, he listens to podcasts. He does. He likes a Radio 4 podcast. So there you go. <laughs> okay, well, thank you so much for listening. Uh, we are The Backstory Podcast on Facebook and Instagram, at The Backstory Pod on Twitter. You can really help us by liking, sharing, reviewing on Apple Podcasts and grabbing the phones of a few friends and like signing them up, especially if they're you know a bit older and don't know how to do it so yeah, people don't know what that podcast app on their phone actually does so please grab their phone and subscribe them to the backstory podcast that would be fantastic send us your thoughts on this or any of our previous episodes all of season one is there if you fancy a binge listen and we'll be back next tuesday with a brand new backstory see you then bye Thanks again to our sponsor, James, from 16 Degrees Coaching. Don't let your backstory define your future. Email him, james at 16degreescoaching.co.uk.